Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we have special guest Delaney Fisher and she's going to be talking to us about gaining clarity and what I have done this week and it'll come as no surprise to any of the listeners but because it's my interview and Tara's not here to do the prep that I haven't done any. So I have decided by default to make this a great exploratory interview and we did choose the topic consciously and intentionally, so we've done that. But Delaney is here to talk with us about gaining clarity. And as you know, I have ADHD and so my brain is a constant fog. And so that's why gaining, gaining clarity sort of had a bit of interest for me, even though that might not be what she's going to talk about. We'll find out. But I think it also is a big thing for my clients um, so I really wanted to talk about this because I think that there are a lot of you out there who'll be like, oh, I'm interested in this. I want to know what, what this is all about and I wonder if it could help me. So welcome, Delaney. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be great. I'm also feeling unprepared, so I feel like we're going to be on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, It'll I'm be fun. Book. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you're going to ask me and I, I'm ready for it, whatever, yeah. whatever it takes us. This is how I roll. I, this is, I'm glad that you're comfortable with this because um, this is this is definitely how I roll. Tara, you know, when she listens to this, she'll be rolling her eyes and, and cringing um, at the idea that we're doing this. But uh, then she'll also say at the end, "Well, that was it was actually okay." So um, it's only the the idea of it that will that will be making her toes curl. So gaining clarity is one of the things that you like to talk about. So can you give us before we get onto that topic though, can you just give us a bit of a background into who you are and what you specialize in? Yes, I'm a simplicity coach to entrepreneurs and business owners, basically a business minimalist coach. I help entrepreneurs and business owners not only increase their revenue and their impact, but we do that while also increasing their free time so they act, they can actually, you know, enjoy their success and be present. So that is what I do. And the mm. reason I am so passionate about um, this type of approach to business is because I had to learn it myself. I used to be somebody who was completely overwhelmed and burnt out and involved in a million different things. And I slowly narrowed it down. And my what my life is now, you know, wonderfully simple, but it doesn't it wasn't always like that. It used to be very stressful and complicated and all over the place. So that's kind of, um, yeah, that's how I got here. Yeah. And that's, I mean, straight away, our listeners are like, ooh, you know, they're interested because they listen to this because of clutter. And like you were saying, that's the opposite of simplicity is, is clutter and complexity. So yes. we do want to, you know, definitely help everyone who listens to figure out how they can move from complexity to a, a more simple. I mean, some people thrive on complexity, but at the same time, I think it would be helpful for them to understand. Um, maybe what that complexity does to them mm -hmm. and to see how they might make a change if they so so choose to. Yeah. So, you know, the opposite of minimalism in business or and, and, and simplicity is that complexity and that overwhelm and that overburdening. Yeah. And so what does that do to people? Well, 
when things feel complicated and overwhelming, I think your focus is completely shot. I can I can just speak from personal experience and what my clients are experiencing. You don't know where to focus your energy. And this is usually because you aren't super clear on where you want to go. You aren't super clear on your goals. So you're just kind of doing everything just to do it and maybe hoping something sticks or you'll figure out the answer by just adding more to your plate. And I know for me personally, I used to think, that I thrived off of being overscheduled and busy, but actually it was just an adrenaline addiction. So I was, de- mm. I'm definitely, I don't know, uh, you know, a, you know, a recovering workaholic, I guess you could say. And so that was a big component, just being on the go all the time and you get kind of used to it. So slowing down or being mindful kind of feels like, you're missing something or you're doing something wrong or you're not working as hard as you should be. So I find that my clients come to me very burnt out, very tired, very discouraged, very overwhelmed, exhausted. And we slowly kind of scale it back and figure out what's actually important to them. What do they actually enjoy doing versus what are they doing out of obligation and how can we remove what's not working and implement what is working or what they love. So yeah, yeah, I think it, I mean, it affects everything really. Yeah. Because it does have that uh, flow on. I mean, I'm sure your clients have probably health problems as well that they see coming out of that environment or that they actually might not even be aware they have until it goes away. Have you seen that? Oh my gosh. It's me too as well. Like I can think about my own experience. I was always getting sick. I was always exhausted. Um, my health was not good. Like I had, I was having thyroid issues. I was having, I was breaking out. My skin was breaking out all the time. Um, I got so burnt out at one point in my life that my brain just kind of stopped working. I was walking around work one day and everything just kind of went blank. And so that's when I realized, okay, this is really serious and I need Mm -hmm. to make some changes. I need to take things off my plate. And since then, you know, it started with decluttering my physical items. That was like the first step I took when trying to regain some control over my environment and, and clear my thoughts. And then everything from that translated into my life, my relationships, my health, my career. So, but it started with my physical stuff, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. That's kind of where I needed to to first go, you know. I think a lot of people do start with the stuff because even though that's difficult for many people, it's easier still than than clearing out schedules and obligations and things like that because we have external pressures on us around our schedule and and whereas we don't necessarily I mean there are some external pressures around our stuff and they're just from people that live with us but it is easier you know to just go into your own wardrobe with your own clothes and empty them out than to start saying no to people who are asking things of you and and all that so Mm -hmm. I can see exactly what you mean by that's like it makes perfect sense you started there because that's the area you actually have the most control because there's less of the outside influence there. Exactly. And as you know, as I decluttered my stuff, my focus was getting better. My anxiety was getting better because I don't, I don't know about you or your listeners, but I am somebody who has constant thoughts and ideas floating in my head at a given time. So if I feel overwhelmed mentally, 
adding a cluttered environment on top of that is just, it makes me not want to function. I wake up tired even after a full nights of, you know, of sleep. So Mm -hmm. I feel like my physical space needs to be very clutter free to kind of allow myself to have these thoughts and get them out. And uh, I have found that very helpful. So, you know, a lot of my clients are super creative with that same type of thing going on. And a lot of them Mm -hmm. find that if they have a clear space to at least work and create, they tend to do it a lot, uh, you know, with a lot more ease than they used to. Yeah. And we've got lots of clients that are going to be interested in your story and and your message, but they're going to be looking at it from a slightly different perspective. I mean, obviously lots of our listeners do work and they have a work environment Mm -hmm. and a lot of them will work for themselves, but then a lot of them also are stay-at-home parents as well. And Mm -hmm. so the stuff that we're talking about today, that can apply to them as well, can't it? Absolutely. I think it can apply. I, I don't have children, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a stay at home or I, I don't have children and work from home or anything. Um, but I think it's all about prioritizing yourself and your wellness and your mental health and what makes you feel good and what you want. And also, you know, mm. taking care of everybody else after that. You know, you're going to show up in a much better way if you feel energized and fulfilled and rested than if you're just constantly giving to other people and giving to yourself last. So it's kind of just finding what you can control, which we were talking about, even if it's just a corner of your home that is just your space and only your space where you go to meditate or read or do your work or something. Um, I know it's not realistic to have like the every every nook of your home is is yours when you have a big family and stuff. But you know, giving to yourself and not feeling guilty about it. I think women especially feel guilty for taking them, taking care of themselves and putting themselves, you know, making themselves a priority. And I would really like to, you know, stop that, mm. stop that mindset. Oh, it's, it's terrible. And I was just reading something. Um, I've got a friend who's got a podcast, um, Adult Conversation, and she talks a lot about the inequality of the load, the mental load in households. And, and they're, it's usually heterosexual. There's been lots of discussions actually about how same sex relationships don't have the same inequalities which is you know interesting wow. um but in in these yeah. heterosexual relationships there is this an inequality in mental load and physical load and i think you know one of the things that that brandy talks about a lot is how much she hates this idea that everyone keeps telling m- women to take time out to have self-care and, and all of that kind of stuff mm. but her stance is no it shouldn't actually be up to us to to do the self-care it should be everybody else looking after us and I think you know the way to sort of I mean obviously society needs to change and we're working on it (laughs) we're all like mothers are up in arms and we are starting to do this and but until it becomes normal for someone to say we need to look after these mothers uh, and and said we have to stand up and do it ourselves you know one of the things that I really have seized upon and I I kind of did this in my own relationship and um and again you and I haven't talked um before this interview so you don't know but yeah I'm married with two teen well oh I was gonna say two teenagers but I have one adult now she's 18 so (laughs) an adult child and a teenager but two teenagers and I have sort of right from the start not really had quite the same experience as some of the other mothers because I don't know whether it's because my husband um, is naturally wanting to take on mental load and and all that kind of stuff or it's just because Mm. I just went, 
this is what I expect. <laughs> and so right. I'm thinking, you know, is is changing our mindset to be, I expect this and I demand this and I'm not going to ask for it, I'm going to demand it. And is that mm-hmm. something that is part of gaining clarity or is, you know, deciding what you want so that you can then demand it? Oh, absolutely. I think I think when you prioritize yourself, you are voicing your needs and expectations. I think it's part of it. You know, if it, if if there hasn't been a conversation and you just disappear for a couple hours, it might be like, okay, where'd mom go or what's going on? <laughs> but if you're like, yeah, this is what I need. Everybody needs their their personal time, their alone time, um, and everybody else is getting it in the family except me. That's a problem. Um, but. Yeah, I would say that I actually I have a podcast for entrepreneurs who really want to take a minimalist approach to business. And I have a whole kind of system about gaining clarity in the sense that you really get clear on what you actually want, not what you think you want based on, you know, being obligated to other people. And then you take stock of all the things that you're actually doing. So all the tasks, all the chores, all the things on your plate at work, you actually write each thing down. And then you figure out, is this something that I personally need to be doing? Can this be delegated? Can I get help? Can this be outsourced? What do I love doing? What do I hate doing? And really getting clear on that. And then taking small steps to take certain things off of your plate or ease out of things and implement the things that you actually like. So yeah, I know that, you know, in my relationship, both me and my fiance, we work full time. And so we, everything is equal as far as the chores. And that is a conversation that we have because I know that in a heterosexual relationship, women tend to do more of the chores and cleaning and cooking and childcare and all that stuff, even if they're also working mm-hmm. full time the way that their male counterpart is. So once I heard that, I was like, we're going to have a conversation yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I want to make sure I'm not part of that statistic. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be that statistic. I don't, I don't agree with that. Mm. It would be different if one of us um, was, you know, staying at home or going to part time for, for some reason. And the other one was working full time yeah. and we would have a conversation like, yeah, I don't mind. Exactly. I don't mind doing more of the chores around the house if I'm working less and stuff like that. But Mm. I think it's absolutely a part of it and and normalizing these conversations and not shaming women into not wanting to do laundry and stuff. You know, like I I have gotten so much criticism and shame because I don't cook and I don't do laundry. I use a laundry service and I use a meal service and people are appalled that I don't do these things myself. Now, when my fiance talks about it, they don't seem to really care. Yes. <laughs> but when it's me, yeah, exactly. it's a problem. Yeah, it's your, it's your, <laughs> and that's, and, and one of my friends, um, one of my best friends for, for the last, well, 20 years. So I think her kids are in, I think her eldest is 21, 22, 21, 22. Sorry, Michelle, I've forgotten how old he is. Um, but she, for forever, um, her husband has done the cooking and she people ask him people say to her oh is it because he likes cooking and she's like would you have asked me that like would you have asked me if it's because I like cooking no you wouldn't have it's because I'm expected to do the cooking and because he does like oh he must like it so women don't get treated like that we don't you know and so it's it's the same with your your husband she gets so like she's like no it's because he would start work at 7 a.m and finish at 3 p.m I would start at eight thirty nine, and I would finish at six pm. And so, if I if we, everyone waited until the mum got home to cook to eat, they wouldn't, you know, they'd be yeah. eating late. And so, when they had the kids, yeah. he would pick them up from school. He would go home. He would do the homework. He would do the cooking, you know. And she's like, not because he liked it, but because that's what made sense, you know. But no right. one ever asked. 
Like no one ever says yeah. to me because I do most of the cooking. No one ever says, oh, is it because you like it? No. Yeah. And this makes me yeah, so absolutely. bad. <laughs> absolutely. So and I find my yeah, I find myself having to, to defend myself like, yeah. look, I don't like doing those things. And also it frees up so much of my time that I can now spend time with family. I It's helped my business because if I free up time in my business, I end up making more money. More money. It's a win-win. Mm. And then, you know, my fiance and, I, fiance and I get to spend a lot of time together. So I just think we need to change the narrative and change these conversations we're having with women, especially, um, you know, a lot of que- a question I get asked constantly is when are you having kids? Just assuming that that's something that I want to do. And it's something I've just, my fiance and I have decided that we are, we don't want to have kids. We love kids, but we've decided not to. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, Hey, when are you having kids? Or, you know, when are you getting married? Or what, what about, are you happy? What do you enjoy doing? You know, what lights you up about your life? What what are you passionate about? You know, what is it that, you know, you know, what do you guys do in your spare time? And what are your hobbies? And, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, where's the last place you traveled or, or just questions like that but yeah instead yeah yes. when are you when are you having children and then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you get some rude people saying why not and expecting you to explain yourself which right <laughs> like yeah my daughter's declared she doesn't want to have children and fine yeah. like <laughs> this is not it's not a big yeah. deal like there's you know but it, there's a lot of people that are that don't seem to understand why why you would choose not to have children. And, I mean, as someone who's had children, I, I completely understand the reason why you wouldn't have. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and we also, and I think lots of parents say, oh, yeah. I love them, but, like, totally get it. <laughs> totally get it. I think both options are wonderful yeah. for different reasons yeah. and also stressful for different reasons. You know, I think it's all just what, what do you actually want versus what do you, what are, you know, what are pressures people are putting on you? Yeah. So, so the first step in gaining clarity then is, is like you said, just sitting down and going, this is what I do, not necessarily what I want. So the first one is what I do now. So first one, I, I actually is asking yourself, what do you want? Oh, and okay. I know a lot of people are like, well, I, I don't know what I want. That's mm. why I'm having trouble gaining clarity. So if you really don't know what you want, ask yourself what you don't want, because that will give you some clues. So yeah. for example, when I did this for myself, I asked myself, okay, what do I want? What do I not want? And for me, I was working a full-time corporate job. I was also a stand-up comedian at the time. So I was performing almost every night and on the weekends. And I was deeply involved in the entertainment industry. I was writing scripts. I had a podcast, just a million different things going on. But when I actually got down to what I want, I really wanted to work from home for myself doing something creative with a flexible schedule. But I didn't know what the thing actually was yet. I just knew Mm. kind of what my ideal the environment you wanted yeah yes I knew I knew exactly what the environment was and I was doing so much that was going against that only only a couple things on my list was actually supporting that overall vision I had for myself so no wonder I was so miserable and stressed out Mm. and exhausted so I would say even if you don't know what you want you might not have something specific in mind like I want to be a personal trainer in three years right you just ask yourself well you, chances are you might not you might know what you're not enjoying right now and that's a good place to start if you don't mm-hmm. like having a 9 to 5 corporate job maybe you would want something different or something with flexible hours but you don't have to exactly know what the specific thing is yet i would just go with the feeling and stuff for now yeah so i suppose yes. you could ask your questions you know what do i want to feel how do i want to feel and then what mm-hmm. will make me feel like that that I either have or I don't have. And then I can increase one and decrease the other maybe. 
Exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of people are scared to even allow themselves to dream big. Like we don't、mm. even allow ourselves to dream in our imagination. <laughs> we don't give ourselves that permission. So also asking like, if if it was guaranteed to go well. And I would be able to get paid for it, and have this job, or have this lifestyle, or have this partner, whatever, whatever the goal is. You know, would I go for it? If it was guaranteed, I would succeed. Would I do it? And that can really help with maybe what you're wanting.、Um, you know, and then yeah, taking stock of what you're actually doing, asking yourself several questions about each thing on your list. Things like, would I be doing this、um, if I couldn't tell anybody about it? You know that might tell you that maybe you're working out of ego versus something that you're you know working out of authenticity.、Mm. Um, you know, would I do this thing if this was my last two years on Earth? You know, would I really would I really spend time doing this? So that can help you like figure out is this really important to me, right? And、mm. so it's a similar process with decluttering de- decluttering your schedule and also decluttering your stuff. It's a very similar process. You figure out what's important to you. What do you want? What are your values, and then take stock of the things around you and the things on your schedule, and slowly eliminate and narrow down based on what's really the most important for you. Yeah, and how do you deal with the external obstacles? So let's say you have one particular type of dream. So so let's say your your dream didn't mesh with your your fiance's. So、mm-hmm. you he he sort of wanted to be living in the middle of the city, walking to work together. And walking home from work together, and you don't、yeah. want to work in an office. You know what do you do、yeah. when the external forces are going to have an influence? I would say、um, I will walk with you when we both are done with work. <laughs> if, if me walking with you around, you know, the city is something、yeah. that's going to bring you joy, I will meet you when I'm done with my work, and we can go for an evening walk together. But if your happiness depends on my unhappiness, then this is not going to work. You know, this is not、yeah. a true partnership, in my opinion. I love、yeah. that phrase. You know, if your happiness depends on my unhappiness, because that happens all the time. Like all the time,、mm-hmm. is that you know people will sacrifice their needs because they don't want to make the other person unhappy, and the、yeah. other person accepts that. Like they're just like because they're getting what they want. They're like, well. Obviously, you know he or she is okay with it, so I'm just going to keep doing what I want. And the、right. person is miserable, but they're not saying anything, and so they look like they're okay with it. And then the person who's benefiting is, you know, benefiting. So why would you speak up if you're, you know, getting a free ride or if things are going all of your way? So you、yeah. know, I love that that idea of you know this isn't what you know. If you're what is it? If your happy your happiness depends on my unhappiness, then we need to have、yeah. a talk. Yeah, exactly. And that can happen、exactly. with work. Partners, business partners, relationship, family, your boss, even. Yeah, How could you、absolutely. say that to your boss? Is there a right、absolutely. way to say that? <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, listen, I've been thinking.、Uh, this sucks. <laughs>、um, but yeah, I would say. I mean, again, it's about prioritizing your wants and needs and desires, and being okay with that, and removing the guilt from that. Because、yeah. you know, I, I think a, a, another reason that I have become okay with this because this took a lot of unlearning、uh, mm. and you know redoing a lot of the conditioning that you know we grow up with. But、um, being okay with disappointing people and upsetting people, and、um, knowing that if I'm prioritizing my own happiness, I'm going to to 
do better work in the world. I'm going to be a better person for my loved ones. I'm going to be nice to strangers at the grocery store instead Mm. of upset. So I know that I'm actually benefiting a lot of other people if I am putting myself first. You know, you're not really doing anybody a favor if you are prior, you know, you're the last on your priority list and then you're exhausted and burnt out and cranky all the time. Mm -hmm. That's not going to really help anybody or the world at large if you just don't like, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. If you don't like yourself and you don't like, you you don't really like the world around you at all when you, when you're like that. So how do we not be the other person though? How do we find that balance between Mm -hmm. not being the person who is unhappy so someone else can be happy? But we also not the yeah. person who's happy at someone else's expense. Ooh, that is a great question. I would ask yourself, why would this person need to compromise so greatly? And, you know, going against their own needs to make you happy. What are, you know, what's the reason that you would enjoy that and kind of go deep? And is it out of jealousy that they have the courage to actually do what they want, because I think jealousy is a great clue for you as to what you might want to be doing in your own life or steps Mm. that you want to be taking that you aren't. So what is it? Is it jealousy? Is it fear? Is it codependency? I don't know. But that would seem um, like that is definitely something to dig into, because I don't think that will truly make you happy either. If your happiness is really dependent on other people not doing so well yeah I don't want to hang out with an unhappy partner every day (laughs) that would suck (laughs) yeah so then I guess it's and this is the thing um my husband and I have been together for how old am I 45 for 24 years oh nice and we are polar opposites personality wise and it's not one of those and people go oh opposites tracks like no no we don't always <laughs> we're definitely <laughs> we're butting heads like frequently and I remember we had a conversation once or it might have even been a, a screaming flaming row I don't know but it was a conversation of some kind it was either quite or loud I can't remember but it was all about you know both of us find ourselves sometimes dampening ourselves to fit with that other person and I Mm. think that you know I think Mick said to me one day he said sometimes I feel like I I don't get to be myself because if I'm myself then you're unhappy and if in that particular way not obviously he's not his entire self is not repugnant but (laughs) there might be a behavior (laughs) that then I'm like I don't like that behavior and it makes me unhappy and then there might be a behavior I do that is the same, you know, where, where, where I sort of say, well, I don't feel I can be myself because then that makes you un- unhappy. And so, mm. you know, is it all about just sometimes and not all the time? Because if your whole life is a compromise, then you're not getting anything you want. But is it all about right. finding these places where you compromise in some ways? Is there a, like a seesaw balancing thing that you have to do? Absolutely. I, yeah, it's like, I think you have to really figure out what is, what's most important in your relationship and what you're willing to compromise on. Yeah. You know, there's certain things it, like, like you mentioned, you know, if my partner really wanted me to work in a corporate day job, I would say, this is absolutely not going to work. I'm not going to be the right partner for you. So we should probably go our separate ways. That's a huge chunk of my life that you're really wanting to change. Mm. But if it's like, Hey, can you just throw your wrappers away in the trash can instead of leaving them all on the counter? <laughs> you know, that's something like I could do that, you know, yeah. or he could do that. Um, so what are you willing to compromise on and what are you not willing to compromise on? And I also think it's important to have an outlet where that behavior can maybe 
be free. <laughs> so for example, yeah. you know, if, um, if I need a weekend away by myself once every few months, so I could be really messy all around this place or whatever, and just let it all out. And my fiance isn't there. Sweet. Mm. Why don't I do that? <laughs> and like, and, and, and not really reject that part of myself or have them be upset about it, but maybe mm. do it in a different environment or something. Yeah. Um, or like, I think, I think a lot of people tend to want to do a lot of things with their partner that they maybe don't want to do. And I know that's my fiance and I, we, we don't really like to do that with each, you know, to each other. So if there's an event or something that I don't want to go to, uh, he doesn't make me and vice Mm. versa. You know, if I want to go for a hike and he really does not want to go for a hike that day, like really does not want to step out, you know, step outside the apartment, I'll just go with a friend. I don't force him into going somewhere he doesn't want to go. Yeah. It's picking your battles really, isn't it? Um, yes. And so I think the same would happen in the workplace where, you know, there are some things that you just go, this isn't worth me being miserable about. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to find another way to be myself or get my my own fulfillment. But in this case, I'm going to give more than I get. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some people might be like, oh, you're, you know, not forcing your partner to go with you somewhere. That's very selfless or something. Actually, it can be pretty selfish because I don't want to spend time with you an unhappy want, person. You, so I was going to say, like, you I do wanna... not want to go for a hike. With I was watching, yes. um, re-watching Schitt's Creek the other day. And the, uh, I don't know I if you've that watched show. that. Yeah, but the episode, so the good. proposal episode, and David whinges the whole time. And like, I'm watching that and I'm thinking, I would have honestly pushed him down the hill. And, you know, I think the only reason that Patrick didn't push him down the hill was because he obviously had a plan but right this is the thing like you don't doing something and my my husband's the same with board games you know yeah we can force him to play a board game with us but then it's not fun <laughs> because right. he's not in it like he's just not into it yeah. and he's like he's you know he sometimes he can be he'll get into it and be fun but other times he's like I, you know you can tell he doesn't want to be there and then it just brings the whole thing down so it's like well we'll just play and you go and do your own yeah. thing and then we'll be able to enjoy this and you'll be able to enjoy your time and then everybody's actually happy um, and we can find another thing that all of us can do together that we're all happy doing yes so. you find that common ground there's plenty of things that you know my partner and I love doing with each other we don't need to force each other into our own little hobbies as well like if he tried to force me into enjoying playing video games with him it would be a losing battle it's just not something I like to do I'd much rather him play with his friends you know so I think um yeah expanding expanding your your network maybe might help with finding people who do have those common interests that your partner doesn't have and trying that out because you really cannot expect one person to fulfill all of your needs it's just Mm. very unrealistic you got to kind of pull from some other sources sometimes. Yeah, diversify. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So if we have worked out what it is that we don't want, that can lead us then to what it is that we do want. What is the first step that you take your clients through in starting to shed things? Yeah. So I would say one of the very first things we do is we figure out what do you hate and what are you not good at? Because if it hits those two boxes, that's the first thing that's got to go. And that is either removing it completely if it's not an important component um, to their business. Of course, like they might, you know, hate doing taxes, but that needs to happen. So we have to like figure that out. But if they hate it, they don't like it and it doesn't need to happen. 
goodbye. If they hate it and they don't or they're not good at it, um, let's let's delegate this to somebody. Can we get the, can we get help? You know, can we outsource? Mm-hmm. Um, can you hire an accountant if you don't like doing your bookkeeping? That kind of stuff. And so that's the very first thing. Get rid of all the stuff that you hate and are not good at um, and really leverage the things that you enjoy and you're good at, whether it's in your business or even your personal life. I would say that, you know, even as something as sitting down with your family and, and asking everybody, what chores do you hate and what chores do you hate less? Or like, what do you actually enjoy doing? If there's one person in your family who actually enjoys vacuuming. No one loves any of that stuff. Like, so there's not less. going to be anyone who like loves certain right. things. But yeah, and, and that's, that's a really good tactic because then everyone gets to at least do, avoid the things they really hate and get to yeah. do the things they don't hate so much. And then somewhere in the middle, everything else kind of gets done. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't mind folding the laundry, um, but I really hate picking my dog's poop up off of our little <laughs> our little balcony area. So, you know, my fiance and I talk about that. Like, okay, what do you, what mm-hmm. do you not mind doing? And what do you really want to avoid? And we make sure that each person has the things that they dislike the least. And I would mm. say that's that's helpful. I don't think we really ever ask that enough when we're trying mm. to figure out who's doing just what. Want. We just say like, oh, so-and-so didn't do the dishes today. They're just lazy. Mm. They're procrastinating. They're, you know, irresponsible. But maybe they just don't like that thing and they would be able to do the vacuuming much easier yeah. and, and that would get done on time. Mm. So, I mean... Yeah, prioritizing and leveraging what you actually like doing and what you enjoy, because chances are you there's things that you enjoy um, where, you know, it's going to make your day a lot easier. Like, you know, even with chores, there's probably some chores that you really don't mind yeah. that maybe are a bit more meditative than other ones. So I think well, that you can somehow make some fun out of or, you know, yeah. do like Tara likes to iron because she watches trashy soaps while she does it. And yes, and I don't exactly I, nothing could make me want to iron. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> right. how like there, there could be like, I don't know really attractive in front of me and I still wouldn't want to iron and um but there are other things that I'm like you know like folding I'm the same as you folding yes it's meditative I I actually kind of gush over it a little bit because and people like are you insane I'm like no it's it's so much pleasure that you get from folding I I really do love it but I would rather have no dog at all than pick up the dog poo and I said that Right Right from the start, right from the start. And when I first moved in with Mick, he already had a dog. And after she died, um, we were talking about getting another dog and he said, oh, if we get another dog, it'll be our dog, which means that you'll have to pick up the poos as well, won't you? Because he kind of did it because it was his (laughs) dog. And I was like, "Uh, no, no. So if I pick up poos, we get no dog. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah, it's a like not, I don't, I won't do it. And so I do it in emergencies, like if he's away. But actually now my son does it, so even I, I can get away with it now. But, <laughs> but yeah, I used to only do it in emergencies and or I'd do it at the last day before he was about to arrive back. I'd go out like with a tea towel wrapped around my face and do like the poos, pick him up like a week's worth. But now I just get my son to do it. But, yeah, it's those like, – and I was like yeah. that's not like a not, no compromise. I will not do that at all. Uh, and so, yes. you know, when we got the dog, yeah. he knew right up front that he was getting to do all of the – all the dog vomits and all of the dog poos are his territory, inside and outside. If anything happens, it's his. Like if the dog right. vomits, I'm like, Beautiful. Michael, <laughs> I'm like not going there. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. and then so yeah, and it's it's the same obviously with other things. He's like, yeah, I just I just I hate that. I just 
don't want to do that ever. And so it's like, well, that's my job. Um, and if I don't hate it as much as the poo, I'm not going to pick up, not going to put up a fight. Yeah. So then can you, is this something that a conversation that you can have with an employer? Can you sit down with them and say, you know, this, this is what, this is how I feel. Uh, these are the things that, this, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this. I don't want to feel this. I want to feel this instead. This is what I've thought about. Mm. I've thought about all the things that I love to do, all the things that I'm really good at. I've thought of things I'm bad at and I hate to do. Can we ch- talk here? Is that a possibility? Love it. Yes. I actually have helped a lot of clients with this because I take a lot of people on who are transitioning from, you know, having their side hustle into making it their full-time job. So they do have to have that conversation with their employer in some Mm, way at some point, even if it's just cutting down their hours. I would say if you need to talk to your employer, get some good evidence for them because they're going to be interested in how you prioritizing your enjoyment and your job is going to make them more money. So yep. if it's like, look, I've, I've noticed, you know, do a, t- do a time study to, you know, keep track of all the tasks that you do and how much time it takes to do them. And what are the actual revenue generating tasks that you're doing? So if you say, Hey, I, I noticed that when I spend, you know, X amount of time on, you know, emailing people back and forth versus when I spend X amount of time on the phone with people, it, we actually get more sales when I'm on the phone with people. So I would love to delegate this to maybe somebody else or automate it some way so I can spend more time on the phone, which, you know, maybe is something that you enjoy also, mm-hmm. right? You enjoy more, but it's also making your boss or company more money. So I would say, look, How does your boss like to, how does your supervisor like to get information? Do they like charts? Do they like Excel sheets? Do they like a phone call? Do they like an email? Do they like pictures? Mm. Um, And do it that way. So not just, and of course, yes, still voice when you are, you know, unhappy or you need help or you want some changes made. But I would say um, you will probably get a better reaction if you put some thought and you put, you know, put yourself in their shoes as to what's going to make them want to say yes yeah. to this. What's going to make them uh, want to bring this to their supervisor and get it approved? What's in it for them? Um, yeah. Chances are, what's in it for them? Mm. What, so what are their business goals? Is it a revenue goal? Is it, you know, a sustainability goal? Is it something else? So yes, I say go for it and just, feel, you know, be prepared. Be prepared to talk about it in a lot of different ways. I had a situation where I had my side hustle and then it was getting really busy and I also was working in this corporate full-time job. So I basically had two full-time jobs. I was not going to be able to do it anymore, but I didn't trust like this new income yet. So I knew I wanted to like try to ease out of my day job instead of making the jump. And I know I was working at a, in a very corporate environment where you know, kind of asking people, like, do you think that they would let me go part time? Is that even a thing that they would let me do? Mm. And we're like, no, nah, that's insane. They Nobody works part time at this corporate environment. Mm. That's like crazy. And I did it anyway. I talked to my boss. I said, look, there is this business that I launched. It's taking off quicker than I had imagined. I really want to stay here, but I need more time to fulfill my orders and stuff like that. So can I go part-time, which would give you time to find my replacement and I can also train them really well while I'm here. But if I can't do it, I'm going to have to give my notice and you guys will only have two weeks to get somebody. Mm. But if you let me go part-time, I will be here to train them properly and it'll be less work for you. And they let me yeah. do that. So Because that you went to where, them yeah. with a solution, not a problem. Yes. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, and I thought about, okay, what's going to make them say yes. And so it wasn't, it wasn't even like an official part-time hours. I ended up using all of my paid sick time, vacation days, all that stuff to kind of create my own part-time hours until they ran out. And then I was finally ready to like really make the jump and into my business full-time. This has been really helpful because even if we aren't really miserable, even if we're kind of where we're at, just that one exercise that you talked about will help gain a bit of clarity and just see, you know, we don't necessarily have to cut the tree down, but we can trim some branches every now and then. Right. And so there are some people who are like, yes. well, I don't need to make a big dramatic change, but I'm unsettled and this isn't working and I'm tired. And, you know, um, so I love this exercise. And so I'm just going to recap it and you can um, interrupt me if I miss anything. So depending on how easy you find it, you can either write everything down you don't want to do or everything that you do want to do or how you want to be feeling or how you don't want to be feeling. And then you look at everything you're doing and figure out what is it that you need to remove in order to get to that feeling. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically, you know, asking what you want, like what's your ideal day-to-day, then taking stock of everything that you're currently doing, every little thing, and then asking yourself, is each thing on this list supporting my goal or taking away from this bigger goal that I have? And then coming mm-hmm. up with a solution for each thing on your list, whether it's removing it, delegating it, outsourcing it, or simplifying the process for yourself so you can do it in a more, you know, efficient way with ease. Mm. Um, And then it's, yeah, it's basically like, how do we ramp up the things that we want and scale back on the things that we don't want? And then at some point, that transition is going to be a lot easier for you uh, because you'll find, oh, wow, most of my schedule is doing the things I want. This is pretty great. (laughs) And I think also that I loved your point about the conversations. If you have to have a conversation with someone about it, go into that conversation fully informed, not fully informed just about what you want, but informed about what they want and what they need out of this as well. Uh, And that conversation could be with anybody. It could be with a mother-in-law that keeps giving kids stuff every time she comes to the house, or it could be an employee, you know, who is – making more work for you um it could be you know any type of of thing but you can if you think about i really love that idea of going right what is it what's in it for them um and what's going to help them say what's going to make them want to say yes to this um i really love that so thank you for that that's a real gem yeah, you're so welcome. Yeah. And so basically, I I take all of this and apply it to business. So mm. the same thing, you know, when, when people are starting or scaling their business, it's like, okay, do you have 10 offers and you're all over the place and you're exhausted? What if we had one really great offer and you could make more money with just that one offer, right? Or like, are yeah. you on a million different platforms, but you only like using one? What if we just use that one and leverage that and repurpose that content for some of the other ones that might just be good strategy, you know, Mm -hmm. and how do we systematize your workflow and automate it so you can step away from your business and have that freedom and that free time that you really want. So this can be applied to everything, as you know, you know, this decluttering technique can be for everything. What do people call it now? Jomo, the joy joy of missing missing out. out. (laughs) You know, right? It's like, oh, the joy of being available for something yeah. else. How about that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm quite happy to say the joy of missing out. I don't see that as a negative thing yes. at all. 
It's like, oh. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. That's the introvert. I'm like, I'm a bit of a, an ambivert. And so, you know, the introvert side of mm. me loves the, the idea of missing out and the, the extrovert oh, side of yeah. me, you know, sort of seeks it, um, seeks these things. So oh, I have yeah. the, the conflict there, but it's okay. I can get yes. it to work for me. I used to think like, how many things can I do today? And now I think, how many things can I not do today? Oh, yes. <laughs> so that's like the biggest difference in my life now. That's a fantastic. Well, that actually, I want people to finish on that one. I want that's what I want them to remember from today. You know, what can I not do today? So, thank you so much for joining me, Delaney. I have really enjoyed this. As someone who doesn't have a great deal of clarity a lot of the time, um, it's helped me um, think about maybe I can just go away and, and trim my branches a little bit. Maybe even today, if I have time. <laughs> I've got a client later on, but after that, I might do some branch trimming. So, yeah, we really appreciate having you here, and I'm sure everyone's got a lot out of um, your message. And they'll be sitting down and maybe journaling a little bit on this, or um, doing a little bit of planning of how they might approach a conversation with somebody so that they can they can live awesome. life a little bit more free. So, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I this was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. I learned a lot too. So oh, this was really cool, and I appreciate you letting me come on and share this with you. This was really great. great. Thank you. Thank you. So if you want to have a chat about Delaney's message and what she talked about and other ways maybe that you have succeeded in letting go or you have succeeded in simplifying and decomplexifying, that's not a word, it's a new word, my new word, your life, uh, either in the work or home, then jump onto our socials and um, have a chat to us there and otherwise we will see you next week. Thanks for having me. If you want to know more about Delaney or connect with her, you can find her at delaneyfisher.com. Com. That's D-E-L-A-N-I-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. And uh, you can find everything that you need to know about her coaching services and have a look at some of the free resources that she has there as well. And in a great example of how she practices what she preaches, she's not on social media, so that is the website to find everything that you need to know. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.